Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. I'm going to hit the mail basket, and I'm going to go through a bunch of emails. And by the way, if you ever want to send me an email, I get about 50 emails a day, believe it or not. And you can be a part of that if you have a comment about the show or if you have a question you want answered. Just hit me up at askdell at l-u-i-n-c dot com. That's A-S-K, ask, D-E-L, one L, askdell at l-u-i-n-c dot com. And l-u-i-n-c dot com stands for Lifestyles Unlimited, Inc., L-U, Lifestyles Unlimited, Inc., I-N-C, dot com. So it's askdell at L-U-I-N-C dot com. Sometimes I'll read your stuff on the the air. If you ask me not to read it, if it's personal, I'll just keep you anonymous and or use the thought without using the actual email. So the bottom line is that I'm always interested to see what people have to think and what questions they have so we can cater the show towards the needs of the audience out there. My friends, one of the most frequently asked questions over the last 30 years of me teaching real estate investing and finances and so forth has been how quickly, how quickly can I blank, 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 fill in the blanks, whatever you want to know. But everybody's always concerned about the time it takes to get from point A to point B. And that's probably a natural thing. But to me, it's the wrong question because to me, I went from point A to point B, two and a half years I retired at 34 years of age. And when I sat down and made up a plan to do it, when I started teaching this stuff, I took out a spreadsheet and said, okay, in the worst case scenario, if I bought houses for this price and made the money and saved all the money I made and saved that money and added to it at a small amount each month as far as my savings account, like other people put in their 401k to plan their long-term future, I planned a little bit of savings and the income from the properties. I figured out that just about anybody could retire in reasonable retirement within seven years. So I wrote the seven-year plan. Then I came up with the concept, well, if you come to me and you've already got some money, right? Because I had, had very little money to start with. But if you come to me and you've got some money to invest, we can knock that down, probably get it to five years. And then people came to me and, and said, how can I do this faster? And the point I was getting to here at the beginning and reiterating now is that it's not about faster. It's about doing it at all. So I've had a lot of people. I did it in two and a half years. David Fisher, you know, brags that he did it in two years instead of two and a half. He beat me by half a year. We've had many other people that have done it in short periods of time. And what we mean by done it is replaced their earned income with passive income so they could retire. But again, it's, in my mind, still the wrong question. Because many of you, in fact, probably most of you out there, will never retire. 60, 65, 70, 75, 80, you'll never retire. Because you'll never fully replace your earned income with passive income. 
Now, this year, I went out and bought six more properties. Those six properties are producing enough cash flow to completely replace way more than what my earned income was when I worked. In fact, now that I think about it, they're producing 10 times what I made when I had a job. So it wasn't how fast, it was how long did I stick with it. And the longer you stick with it, the more money you make. The more you start with, the quicker you can get there. But I found in general that the more you start with means you probably had a pretty good job if you could save up enough money to have a good chunk of money. And those who don't have any money probably don't have that good a job or they live way above their means and they can't save any money anyway. In which case, it's very difficult to replace that kind of lifestyle. Because the type of people that spend everything they earn in general are people that spend everything they earn. In other words, if you're paying them 60,000 a year, they live on 60. If you paid them 100 grand a year, they'd live on 100 grand a year. That's just who they are. If you're different and you got paid 60, you'd live on 40 or 50. That's a different kind of person. And when you paid that person who made, you know, made 60 and lived on 50, you paid him 100, he'd live on 70. He'd up his you know, standard living a little bit, but he wouldn't go all the way up. He'd have more savings. So it's different kinds of people. So today what I wanted to do was I wanted to just use a bunch of different emails and one example that I just ran into myself to cover what kind of incomes can be earned. And in doing so, I also want to show you that some of the emails I get are asking questions that are, I'm sure, very important to the people ask them. I don't think they're disingenuous in any way. I just think they don't have any realization of what they're asking and how unrealistic their questions are. Now, at the same time, I get many of you here who listen to this program month after month, year after year, for 30 years we've been doing this, and it just hits you one day. I hear it all the time. Yeah, I've listened to you for five years, six years, and I just decided. Because something all of a sudden strikes you. And then you start, and then it happens, and then you're retired. As opposed to the people that are sitting here going, man, and this is really the kind of questions we get all the time. I've messed up everything in my life financially for the last 40 or 50 years. Now I want to do what you say. How quickly can I be retired? Can I do it in a year? Can I do it in two years? Which are just probably ridiculous assumptions. But I'm going to go through these emails because there's lots of different stories here that we can work at the angles on. The first one to start with is a positive one. And I read it. Hello, Dell. I had to share with you. I had to share this with you. Because of you and David Fisher presenting us the map, we hit the milestone today, surpassing $2 million invested passively. We started our real estate investments back in 2010 with a single-family house. Didn't say how many. Then in 2015, we jumped into an 18-unit IRO, which is an independent real estate owner. It's an 18-unit apartment complex by themselves, not as partners, which opened our eyes to passive investing. We did our first passive in 2016, which means they bought into somebody else's deal. And today, we're hitting $2 million of passively invested capital. Thank you very much. We'll never be able to thank you enough. So there you go. This is a 10-year story. Did some single family, did a small apartment, and then decided, hmm, 
these apartment deals are so good, maybe we'll just be a partner in one. So how good is being a partner in one? Well, I uh, just received a check two days ago on a deal that I invested in back in 2018. And um, it's an apartment complex. I only put $100,000 in the deal. And for a while, what I was doing was just putting a little bit of money in everybody else's deals just to see how they worked, you know, because I wanted to know if they actually did work the way we're telling people they did. You know, we heard the stories from the other people, but I wanted to be in them and actually see it happen. So I was putting small amounts of money into each deal, multiple deals, just to see how they work. This particular deal, I put in $100,000 in 2018. Now, this deal was unique in that it had a HUD loan on it, and the HUD loan only allows you to pay distributions twice a year. So we couldn't have quarterly distributions. We just did semi-annual distributions. The first year, in 2019, the first distribution was $3,050. The second distribution was $3,000. So it was a total of... uh, $6,050, $6,050, and uh, that was a 6.05% rate of return for 2019, so I got a 6% return in 2019. In 2020, we got two distributions, again, 3500 each, so I got $7,000, and that was a 7% return. Now, this year, 2021, I received my first distribution early in the year of $3,500, but this last distribution that I got just two days ago, was $85,000. What had happened is the property had gone up in value so much in three years, and interest rates had gone down so much, that we refinanced the deal and pulled all the money out of the deal. We had no money in the deal anymore. We still own the deal. I still have my $100,000 in the deal. But we pulled out all the money that we had put in. Now, I got 85000 of my 100 because the lead investor had a 15% override. So he got 15000 of my 100000 But I still made 88.5% return that year. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're discussing how long does it take to get to the point where you can replace your earned income with passive income. And this is a question that's obviously going to be different for everybody, but I'm just going through emails and discussions. And one of the points I made here uh, in the first segment was this deal I went into in 2018. And um, I made 7% return two years. In the third year, I made 88.5%. And I add that all up. And that's 101% return in three years, or 33.85% total per year on an average basis, which it was an average, it's 7% a year. So if you look at this thing and say, well, how can I retire if you have a million dollars and you earn seven percent a year you could retire with seventy thousand dollars a year in income if you had a million dollars to invest so if you could live on seventy thousand a year and by the way that's seventy thousand tax free as opposed to that would be equal to earning a hundred thousand dollars a year because you don't pay any income taxes on this or social security or medicare taxes so social security medicare tax is fifteen percent income tax is anywhere from fifteen to forty two percent So without the taxes, that makes that worth a lot more. Then you say, well, what about in this third year? Well, in the third year, you basically are getting your money back. The 85% return was basically my money minus 15% going to the lead investor. So, And we didn't pay tax on that because it wasn't sold. We didn't pay taxes because it was refinanced. And that was just money taken out of the deal on a loan. 
So at that point, let's say you take that 85000 plus all the rest that you've put in, you now have 101% return, and you take all that and go buy another deal. Well, now you're making 7% on $2 million. And that's the email I just read to you a minute ago. They got $2 million in there. And $2 million at 7% is $140,000 a year tax-free. That's why they're so happy. And it's parallel to this deal almost perfectly. You know, they said they'd started getting into passive deals in 2016, and now 2021, they hit $2 million. And my point to you is, what would happen with that money if you didn't do that? So, well, how do I do it quicker? Well, who cares about quick? Three years isn't enough to retire. And really, if you could live on $70,000, it would be one year. Now, Go back down, let's say you only have $100,000. Okay, well, you have 100000 invested at 7% return. Now, in three years, I've got my 100% back again, so I can do another deal with that 100000 again. Now, I've got 200000 So now, instead of 7000 a year, I make 14000 a year. Nowhere near close enough to retire, but I only invested $100,000. Now, I have 200000 working for me. And these are the kinds of mathematical things you just have to look at where you're at and see. Now, if you could add more money to that, if you got more money sitting in your home and you refinance your home and pull that money out or you pull it out of your 401k or your IRA or many other places people go to get money and then boom, it's amazing how quickly this stuff grows. Next email, it says, Dell, thanks for your help in the past. I know that you don't like the 403B or the 457 self-directed investing and you generally frown upon it. I want to know if you would consider an exception. I have $1.1 million in combined accounts. I can access $580,000 next month when I retire from one school district and start a private school. My state tax rate in Virginia is 5.75%. My wife and daughters are committed to moving to Texas within three to four years. Would investing the 580 be prudent with the idea of moving to Texas and then cashing out? Or would you still suggest we pay the state tax as well and move on. Thanks in advance. Hope to see you in Dallas for the Expo. P.S. I've recently become an ambassador in Virginia. Well, that's cool. Thank you. Here's the deal, as I wrote it back. Let's say that you pay the tax and take the money and invest wisely. After the 75 5.75% tax, that 580 is going to lose $33,000 for state tax. Now, the only thing in question here, by the way, with this gentleman is does he do it now, or does he wait three years from now? And the reason he was considering waiting three years to do this is if he moves to Texas, there's no state income tax. So he's assuming he'll be able to get out of paying the tax on the 580. So I, I do the math, and I say, look, it's $33,350. This leaves you 546000 minus whatever federal tax you have to pay to get it out. And I don't know what his tax rate is, so I don't have any idea how much you'd end up with after that, right? Now let's say with whatever's left over, you can invest wisely and double your money every two to four years, so uh, on good deals. So two to four years, I showed you mine three years, and I quoted him on this email back, two to four years. So let's say you end up with 400K after tax. Double that in two years, and you got 800K. Double that again, uh, that 800K again in two more years, and you got 1,600,000 in four years. This makes it a great idea to take the money out. On the downside, let's say it takes four years to double instead of two, and then at the end of four years, you have 800000 with the money out of the 403B so you can use it. Still not a bad place to be compared to waiting four years to start investing. So you understand what I'm saying to this guy? 
It's going to cost you $33,000 more to take it out while you're there in Virginia. But the time value of money of you waiting four years to move to get it out means you will have lost the capability of earning between $800 and $1.6 million outside of the 401k. Not to mention all that time you are earning cash flow. So you're losing the cash flow on that 400000 and you're losing the opportunity to double that 400000 or even double it again over the four-year period of time. So the time value of money dictates that it's far wiser to take the money out now than to wait four years. And if you can imagine, I put this money in in 2018, didn't even think about it because it's really a very minuscule amount of money for me. $100,000 is nothing to me. But I put it in there just to see what happened, just forgot about it, and boom, all of a sudden I have 200000 It doubled. Now, you look at the apartments I buy for myself. When I go buy an apartment, I put in $10 million as the down payment for the apartment, and I double that. In four years, I have $10 million more. So the, the $100,000 is your kind of investment. The $10 million is my kind of investment. And in four years from now, on my deal, I make $10 bucks. That's the difference. Say, well, when could you retire? We could retire as soon as you come up with some money to invest. And if you don't have very much money, then you've got to wait for the time value to change the value of that money. That's what it all comes down to. You've got to start looking at the value, the time value of money when you're thinking about retirement and need to get started now. Dell Wamsley on how to live the lifestyle. It's very important that you get involved. And that's why I'm reading all these different emails, because I'll be able to point out to you within these emails, some of the questions that they have that are, they've already articulated and probably even some questions they haven't articulated. It's very interesting. This is a lady. Let's go ahead and read this. It says, I started listening to the radio show maybe a year ago. It was just after I came to the great epiphany that if we that's her and her husband, had never invested in real estate, my husband and I would have had a lot more fun. There it is. What a statement. Say, Dell, why would you read something like that? You got to listen to this. I was married in 77 and we bought our first house the same year. Before that, we fished, camped, at water skied, danced, and partied. We had fun. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're going through some emails and discussing different situations and how you should approach them. The next one is rather interesting. It doesn't fit along, really fit in with the the two examples we worked with so far today about timing. This one has to do with how you should look at partnerships and consider the downside. Forever and ever and ever, I've had this belief that partnerships don't work very well. And the reason is you have more than one person making decisions. Either decisions don't get made or you end up fighting over them and no two people can stay exactly in line with what they want to do with each other forever. It just doesn't work. I can go into many, many other reasons why you shouldn't do partnerships. Now, that's different than a syndication where one person's totally in control and everybody else is just throwing their money in for the ride. That's a different animal. Partnerships where multiple people have a stake in the game and have a say in the game, right? So a guy wrote me this email 
and I'm going to share it with you. It's rather long, but I think you've got to hear the whole discussion for you to get the education you can obtain from it. It says, my mother passed away recently and willed the property to my brother and I. I was proposing buying out his half or selling outright. So essentially getting the property 50 cents on the dollar if he buys. In other words, if he buys his brother out the way he's seeing it is, buying this property, let's say the property's worth $100,000 and he and his brother both own it. If he buys his brother's half out for 50000 he's buying the property for 50 cents on the dollar. Here in the next six months, he wants to do that. No longer, no long-term partnership. He says no long-term partnership. Well, it's a partnership the second they own this thing together, right? And so he's saying, I want to buy him out so it's not a long-term partnership. He said that I then would go finance 90% of the 200000 I guess that's what it's verbally agreed price. Home needs some repairs. So $200,000, he'd get 90% of that. I'm still crunching the numbers, but I think the PITI would be around 1600 a month, and I could potentially get as high as 2000 a month for the rent. So he'd end up with $400 a month in rental income. I'm not going to be in a partnership with him either way. I was planning on selling it until I listened to that U.S. housing shortage and future housing costs podcast, and it made me go, hmm, maybe I should hold and try to rent. Already we're seeing a lot of folks coming in from out of state and purchasing in this area. If I do sell, I will take the proceeds and try to buy some single families down your neck of the woods. But as you say, and I completely agree, housing prices are not coming down anytime soon. All right, so that was the second half of the conversation. The first half of the conversation was he was telling me he wanted to do a partnership with his brother in this deal. And uh, said so we spoke to a realtor and they think she listed for 550000 My brother and I struck a deal that we could buy each other out for 200000 if either decided they wanted to keep it. I'm worried I'm not going to be able to get a renter in the right price due to the lack of population in the area. So it's a rural area. And I told him, hey, get rid of the property. Many problems here. One, it's a rural $500,000 property in a rural area that you're going to try to rent for $2,000 a month. That just doesn't make any sense. Why would you rent a $500,000 property for $2,000 a month? Sell the $500,000 property and buy five $100,000 properties or a five-unit apartment complex or a four-unit fourplex or something like that. That doesn't make sense. Number two, and this one he hadn't even considered. I said, look, what happens if you buy your brother out for $200,000 and then you turn around and refinance it, fix it up, refinance it, and all of a sudden it's worth $500,000? And then eventually, because you put tenants in it or whatever, maybe... The economy becomes real volatile and there's lots of inflation and the houses were 700000 What happens when you go to sell that house and your brother realizes he got 200000 out of a $700,000 deal? Now he hates you. And there's no way to get around it. I know a family. This is somebody I know, so I can't say who it is. I be very careful about how I say this. I know a family where two brothers decided to buy a trailer park. Two brothers decided to buy a trailer park. One brother chickens out and says, no, nah, I don't want to do it. And so the other brother takes and pulls in another partner, and they buy the trailer park. 20 years later, the two brothers are still not speaking to each other. They hate each other. Because one brother made it big with the trailer park, and the other brother who chickened out came back later and said, hey, can I get in on this? And he goes, no, I've already got another partner. And so his brother saw him make all this money, and he didn't get any because he chickened out. And the brother went on to be successful. Guys, don't do business with family members. It just doesn't work. It's a war. Don't ever get in a situation where making money or not making money will break you up with your family. Now, 
There's situations where you can have somebody work for you, like parents have their kids work for them, and they go, it, it, it doesn't hurt if something goes wrong. I'm, I'm just really giving my kids money is what I'm basically doing. Or I'm starting my kids a business or whatever. In that kind of a situation, it's a little different. But when like you got two brothers or two brother and sister or, you know, cousins going into business together where both people are supposed to do something and both people are supposed to benefit, it never comes out fair. One person does all the work, the other person doesn't. One person makes more money than the other one, and the other one's upset. It's just not a good idea to do. All right, let's move on here. It says, uh, I listen to your show every time you're on the air. Uh, you are a source of common sense, encouragement to me. I would greatly value any input you could be so kind to provide. I'm 57 years old. I emerged from a bad marriage in 2014 with only enough cash for attorney retainer. I have since, through meek living and lots of hours work, saved up enough upwards of $100,000 so far, but the clock is winding down. I'm living in insane real estate market, Western Washington. No passive income yet. If you were in my shoes, what would you do? So in this particular case, the initial feeling is, okay, you're devastated at 57 years of age. You've lost everything. Divorce takes, splits up what you had was very little. Now it's half very little, right? Your 401k becomes a 201k or none. Maybe the spouse gets all of it. And so you work and you suffer and you save and you hurt. And now you got $100,000. The initial feeling, the gut-wrenching feeling that I would have, and I think most people would have, is I need to hold on to that $100,000. I need to protect it. I got nothing. Now at least I've got a nest egg. I've got something to live on if I lose my job or whatever. And that would be my gut feeling. However, from the outside looking in, I would suggest that you keep that gut feeling of protecting that money with your life, but go buy one rent house. And when one rent house starts producing income for you and it produces enough income, buy a second one. And when you get comfortable and you see it's really working for you and you see the values going up, buy a third one. And work your way up to probably four or five houses and have used up that 100000 but have replaced a lot of it by the income produced from the rental properties. Now, one other thing is if houses are very, very expensive there, you may have to look other places to buy houses at prices that make sense. So that's what I would do. However, I will tell you one thing, and this I wrote to him. I said, become a member and learn how to buy some single-family homes. You need to know the right way to do it. You might not buy them right now or right where you're living but in some part of the country, but instead some part of the country where the numbers make sense. So again, my point to him was get educated. Get educated on what you're doing before you start spending your money on things you don't know how to deal with. And then when you do, even though you're afraid... Go ahead and buy at least one. Buy something. Get yourself started. A lot of times in life, all it takes is getting started. That's the hardest thing to exercise, to get educated, to earn money, get in relationships. The starting point is always the toughest part. And if you can work through the starting point and get going, then you have momentum and you build momentum and it gets easier and easier and easier to do. The other thing you have to understand is that the opposite. If you don't start, you'll never get there. And so you have to beat back the fear. Take that first step. Take small steps. You know, buy one small little run house. Take a small step. Beat back the fear. Get started. And make sure you end up not doing nothing at all. It's not just the money, it's the lifestyle. Here's Del Wamsley. The point that I made in the radio show the other day about the fishermen. 
A lot of times people go to work and work the rest of their lives to try to get ahead far enough that they can afford to take some vacation and go do the fun things that they can really afford to do right now. Which means instead of trying to make a ton of money to live the rest of your life in a great lifestyle, what you really need to do is you really need to go out there and put together the lifestyle you want and then find a way to finance it. In other words, not finance it, but to facilitate it financially. That's really what you need to do. And if you don't do it that way, you do it the other way around, you will forever be working. That's all there is to it. And this lady said, look, if we start doing this stuff, let's read on and see what she said here. It says, with a house, we were working on this, the house, then rehabbing a duplex down the block. Moved to Alaska in 81, sold all the property, had fun till we started buying real estate. He died in 2015. Definitely didn't want to hear a show on real estate, but it was a long drive. So she's listening. She says, I really don't want to hear about this. I already realized real estate is terrible. It ruined her and her husband's life. But I was really impressed with the culture of your organization and the ethics. Turned me around. Realized that if I could learn how to do real estate the right way. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we've been discussing how quickly one can get to retirement and what type of moves one might make to get to retirement. And um, last email I have here today is a little bit different. And... It's kind of mind-boggling. Guy sent this to me, and we had a big laugh about it. But basically, here's a story. It says, how a landlord making 75000 a year could end up in a millionaire's tax bracket. So the guy who wrote the article is a complete idiot. He has absolutely no idea what he's talking about. And the guy who the article is written about is an idiot, has no idea what he's talking about or doing. The article reads, Versailles, Kentucky, five brick apartment buildings in this horse country town make up Paul Settler's retirement nest egg. He purchased the complexes 27 years ago and has spent almost every day since tidying the grounds. He spent almost every day since tidying the grounds, repairing garbage disposals and collecting rent checks. All right, rule number one, work on your business, not in your business. You own five apartment complexes. You do not pick up the garbage. You do not fix the toilets, the garbage disposals. You may collect rent checks, but you don't even need to do that because they're supposed to get them to you. Just absolutely dumb as a rock that this guy's doing all this. He goes on and says, Mr. Settler is 64 years old and pays himself $75,000 a year. All right, you can't pay yourself something by owning real estate. That is dumb, dumb, dumb. Why would you pay yourself? If you pay yourself, it becomes salary. Then you owe income tax and Social Security and Medicare. So either the guy writing the article is a complete idiot, which is probably true, and or the guy who's doing it is a complete idiot, which may be true, but you don't pay yourself $75,000. You earn money. And the money you earn is probably tax-free because of depreciation. All right? But... I'd be willing to bet that this guy from the story, he's also probably owns these things free and clear because it's just he's doing everything else wrong like everybody would do. So 27 years, he would have paid the mortgages off for sure if there were mortgages in the first place. So he probably owes them free and clear. 
goes on and says, the idea was to one day sell and retire off the proceeds. So there's the next dumb as a rock idea. Why would you take something that has 75000 a year or more income? If he's paying himself seventy five, again, that's a dumb concept. You don't pay yourself seventy five; You earn a certain amount. And if you're earning seventy five or more, why would you give that up? You say, well, he wants to retire. Well, retire from what? He doesn't have to do anything. I don't do anything with my apartments. Why does he do this stuff with his apartments? Nobody I know does that stuff with their apartments if they have taken my class and or unless they're just trying to learn how to run one. They just want to do it just to do it. But especially with five apartment complexes, five brick apartment buildings. Maybe it's five houses. I don't know. Maybe they're calling a house an apartment. Again, the guy writing the story doesn't know what he's talking about. There's another shot at ignorance. And you wonder, how do these people get to write these articles? How? I don't, I don't get it. They don't even know what they're talking about. How did they write these articles? So let's take a look at this. First of all, the guy's owned it for 27 years. That means he can't depreciate them anymore. There's no more depreciation left. So what should he do? He should sell them. Say, well, sell, and he's going to pay tax. Well, that was the whole complaining argument, is that Biden was about to double or triple the amount of capital gains. And the point is, leave it to Democrats, and they're going to take your money every time they can. So what's the complaint? Write an article about it? Cry about it? No. Go vote him out. Get rid of him if you don't want to give up half your money. It's, it's that simple. Just vote these idiots out, and then you don't have to give up half your money, your capital gains. But there's another way to do it. You can do a 1031. You can sell the properties and take all the proceeds and buy one nice property that runs itself. Then you don't have to lose anything. There's no there's no capital gain when you do a 1031. And you start the depreciation timetable all over again. 27 and a half more years to depreciate the property to earn the income tax-free. Simple enough. But for some reason, somebody who has enough clout to write an article and get a video published July 31st, 2021, touting that this is a problem, how do they even do this? How in our society do ignorant people get to educate people? I don't get it. They don't know anything about what they're doing. This guy has no problems at all. If he'd hire a consultant, let me tell him what to do. We could get his money moved from those five properties to a nice property that he doesn't have to work in or on at all and have tax-free income for the rest of his life. Why would you want to get rid of that? To sell and have some cash to put in the bank to earn nothing with would be the worst decision he could possibly make. So forget about the Biden problem. Biden's a problem if you're an idiot. If Biden's your president, you got a problem. If you follow and do what Biden wants you to do, which is pay taxes, you've got an even bigger problem. You can avoid those situations by using the current laws that are in place to protect from taxation. All you have to do is learn how to do it. So my friends, you see, as we look at all this stuff here, it comes down to the fact that retirement is a process. It's going to take a little longer for some, but it's definitely better to have started and to have gotten there than to have not started at all. And when you get there, and as you get there, you realize that it's not the destination, it's the journey, and the journey will continue for the rest of your life. I'll probably make more money every year for the rest of my life every year for the rest of my life. But that doesn't really matter. Why? Because if you know me, then you know it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. And that, my friends, is the way you should see life itself. It's not how much money, but how well you live. Del Wamsley. 
on how to live the lifestyle. You have to do it right to enjoy it. But now I ask this question, do you have to do it right to make money? I read on. She says, took the free workshop and a few months back and realized that this was something I wanted to get into, but the timing wasn't right and I had too many other things on my plate to do it justice. Took the webinar again, knowing that I intended to join at the basic level and then took the next two day class. I fully intended to move to the preferred membership, however, I just refinanced my fourplex. As I read the 1031 info, I would need to wait until November to sell and do a 1031, which is what I plan to do. I figure I will take the intervening time to educate myself and hopefully do a better job at managing the property I currently hold. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation.